This is the Horse Radio Network. Managing a career, your family, friends, and horses, all of that at the same time is a serious balancing act. Two of our guests tonight do all of it and launch their own businesses. This week, we're sipping on some tequila, and we will be discussing, you guessed it, underwear again. Thanks for tuning in. From Heels Down Mag, a podcast where horse pros chat about what's happening in the horse world over drinks. Welcome, Welcome to, Happy to Happy Hour. Hour. I'm Justine Griffin. I'm Jessica Payne. And I'm Ellie Wozniaka. Welcome to episode 87 of Heels Down Happy Hour. Hey guys. How's it going? Hello. Not bad. You feel like you're settling into the farm finally, Jess? Slowly. Or are you still have- a long Slowly list of projects. Naturally. Right. I don't think we'll ever have like it all done, but we're finally feeling like, oh, we're actually in. Nice. Like it feels like home now when you come back, like it's home now. Yeah. It's like, okay, look, this is it. I mean, we will always have things to do and everything, but it's like, oh, we're here. It feels good. Like it's just nice to be here. And like, we have lots of projects every day is a different project, but it's, it's really coming along. It's pretty awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Eagle Gold. Be ready to show with the new white on white flip matte half pad. It's perfectly paired with one of their fresh white show pads, whether it be the one that we use that's secure or anything from the hunters. Like this half pad is vegan, ethically produced, and provides superior impact protection for your horse's back. You can check them out at ecogold.ca. So, Justine, I heard you have, like, a fun drink for summertime. I do. I have one. I feel like this is up your alley, Ellie. Maybe not yours, Jess, but it's called a tequila limeade, and it's pretty much exactly what it sounds like. So, it's white tequila. You're going to get some limeade. You're going to add a couple of mint leaves and some seltzer and some lime slices. And basically, You add it all together, you crush some ice into a cocktail shaker, shake it well, break up the mint leaves, strain it into a a glass of your choice, and then you can garnish it with your lime slices and top it with seltzer. I feel like this is like a, I don't know, like a, I would say like a poor man's tequila or a poor man's uh, margarita. Margarita. So you're doing, right, you're doing the limeade instead of just like lime juice and sugar water. And then you're... Uh thrown in the seltzer and the mint leaves, right? I guess it's just less sugar, right? Because then you just have the, the seltzer. It feels like a little bit of a lighter drink. But maybe not yeah. with the limeade. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I like sugar too much. So I'm like, kind of like you're missing out on the best part. <laughs> this is it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just throw in a handful of sugar to top it off. <laughs> oh, that's Sounds funny. pretty good. Goodness. All so right. I have a heartwarming story for us this week, guys. Uh, okay. It's kind of a cool, cool story. So um, there's this girl is going to Hickstead on a horse. It's 25 year old gelding. And it's actually the son of uh, the mare that her mom rode at Hickstead 27 years ago. Um, oh, wow. So it's kind of a cool little. Yeah, the girl's 12. And, um, so her mom actually has, um, Lou Gehrig's disease or MND. Um, so she can't actually go to Hickstead with her daughter, um, but they're going to FaceTime. And it's just kind of a cool experience to see one that this horse that was 
homebred literally in what is now their kitchen was actually the horse's stall where the horse was born. And now, you know, she's going to Hickstead on her, her mom's kids, her mom's horse's kid. It's kind of a tongue twister, but um, I thought it was a cool story. That is an awesome story. That's freaking uh, awesome. I know. And the horse is 25 and going to Hickstead. So yay for, you know, keeping up the horses. They keep saying that every year they're like, oh, this is going to be his last competitive year. And he just keeps on going. That's, That's so cool. awesome. Jess, what so, do you got? I was going to say, I have some interesting news. So basically, Badman and Burley have now canceled and they're not running a five star, but rumors are circulating that basically Britain needs a five star. It's the heart of eventing and everything else. And now the US has two five stars. They have Kentucky and then Maryland's going to run in the fall. So basically, um, everybody in Great Britain is saying, look, we're going to try to rally together and maybe we're going to need the public's support on it. But they're saying it's pretty obvious that with the cancellations, they're going to try to maybe move venues or try to do this. It's really up in the air, but it'll be really interesting to see, you know, the U.S. did such a great job. A lot of the American riders, Sarah Kozenblik and Dorothy Crowell and a bunch of other people pulled a lot out to get Kentucky to help Kentucky run. And so it'll be interesting because I think they're trying to do that same thing to have some sort of five-star in um, Great Britain this year. I know it's kind of amazing to think, you know, like there's just none, right. Especially in what is, you know, kind of a weird, but still an Olympic year. Uh, I, I hope to see that they, they kind of come up with a replacement plan. I mean, what do you, do you feel like it's feasible, Joss? I mean, I was impressed on what Sarah and Dorothy and all them could pull off for Kentucky. So I think that anything's possible after watching them. Yeah. But I think, you know, obviously they're working with the FBI and everything else. It's just going to be if there is a venue to be able to step up to the plate after the cancellation. And I'm not sure if there's that. I mean, I, I really don't know. I don't, you know, compete over there enough to really know what would be able to step up because over here, you know, Tryon usually steps up when Jockey Club, you know, wasn't able to do it and stuff like that. So there were right. other venues that were already in place that had it. So there might be, you know, who knows? Blenheim might be able to put together the five-star. Who knows? So it'll be interesting to see if they're able to pull off a five-star. Because I think the more we have, I mean, honestly, what everybody's concerned about is all these horses. They only have a limited time in their prime. And it's really hard to keep them fit and keep them going with no runs. And so I think that's why we saw a lot of foreign riders at Rolex or Land Rover, Kentucky. So it'll be very interesting to see if, you know, they can pull it off or if they're going to come over for Maryland or not. Mm-hmm. Good point. All right. Well, I've got an interesting one for you guys. It's a science story. My favorite type. You might have seen this. It published in The Horse recently, but it's a new study came out that says if we stretch our horse's tails more, it can help reduce back pain in the horses by more than 80%. And 80% is a pretty, you know, jaw dropping number. Yeah. Right. Like, whoa. So uh, basically scientists confirm this technique of basic, of basically pulling a horse's tail to relieve back pain is a way to just help horses feel less, uh, less pain in what they consider, you know, quote unquote, critical sites along the sides of the spine. And so there, there is a method to pulling the tail. They use a, um, a device they call a tail pull. But you know what it reminds me of? It looks like, um, 
Have you ever bought those things for your luggage tag? That, like a, a, a luggage weight. Yeah, where you lift it, you hook <laughs> yeah. it, the hook and you hang it and it tells you how heavy your bag is. <laughs> That's exactly what it looks like to me. And you attach it, like you braid it into the horse's tail and you pull away and slightly at a downward angle to really give the horse some relief. And it, it, it I, like this is just fascinating to me that it works. So um, it, it, it basically what scientists have found is that uh, this pulling method that kind of stretches along the sides of the spine helps give the horses a nice stretch in like those deep core back mes- muscles. And when you think about it, you know, obviously I'm not a scientist or a vet, but when you think about a horse's back, how long it is, like think about how long those muscles must run uh, to support their top line and through their back. So I bet you that stretch must feel pretty good to them. Yeah, and so. it's interesting because our chiropractor does that a lot. It might pull up your tail and stuff. So, I mean, yeah, that's, I guess he's that's doing what that I was correctly. Yeah, I have to do this every time I I ride. Every time I ride, I do this, and my horses have gotten so used to it that they like pull against me and like put their noses down. So I'm like, we're probably a sight to see, and he like just like looks so like you I'm do probably it every water skiing. time. That's interesting. Every time, and uh, honestly, every because my yeah, um, I've just kind of gotten into the habit, but it started with my my reigning horse because he's had so many issues with like SIs and I just got his stifles done last year. So and then my mom's horse is like 18 hands and he's, you know, got this long back. He's a Percheron thoroughbred and he's got similar issues where he's just so long backed that if he's not out in a big enough pasture to really get a good buck in, like his back just gets to hurting. So we do this every time we ride. Um, and it really does. I've noticed a difference in my horses, but it's cool to, I never knew how much it actually 80%. did help. So that's really cool. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So researchers said, uh, doing the tail po- pulling, um, that it basically like it will improve. Uh, there are certain areas that they saw the most improvement. So 80 up to 83% improvement in the back over the rib cage, you know, which the area that yeah. would really support a saddle. Then they saw a 52% improvement in horses in their pelvis area. And then they saw a 50% improvement um, in pain in the lumbar region. It's kind of interesting. That's super impressive. I would be scared to do that. I know. I, I mean, feel like I'll, I would I would need my vet or my Cairo or somebody to help to show me. me. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, I think Ellie's got it jam-packed. But, like, for us, I'd be like, I'm a little scared. So, like, well, Ellie's so got the way my chiropractor... <laughs> the way my chiropractor and like my equine masseuse explained it to me is you basically apply as much pressure as they want to give against you. So like, I don't just like, you know, sit there and kind of lean all the way back. Right. Cause I mean, God, that's a lot, that's a lot of weight. Um, but <laughs> I, <laughs> I kind of just start, you know, pulling like close to the base of the tail and then my horses will kind of lean into it. And I just kind of apply the same amount of pressure. You just um, support them, that, basically. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, allow them to stretch themselves. And I just Are you afraid they're going to kick you? I'm afraid I know, gonna that's what kicked. I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. um, so there are definitely some colts that I've worked with that I would not have done this on. But no, my horses are, are pretty good. And you can do it, you know, relatively low on the tail. I mean, I kind of, I stand... Yeah, probably really bad position for yeah. That's what safety what purposes. Describe <laughs> I'm me like, is like, and you're low on the tail. I'm like, that means you're further away, man. Yeah. 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 
I'm just yeah, thinking, so maybe not I'm the in best, my car. Uh, <laughs> I'm in my car, like everybody knows, and I'm staring at a bunch of these horses, going, "Nope, not that one. Not there in the <laughs> paddocks." And I'm going, "Oh, definitely wouldn't do that one." <laughs> like, yeah. like going down the line, and I haven't found one yet. <laughs> yeah, oh, I did so... quantum. Quantum probably wouldn't kick me. I found one horse <laughs> in eleven paddocks. <laughs> I'm yeah, so maybe Ellie know your horse before, before you do this. I'm going to make Ellie come and, like, test them all out. And then tell you got to tape a video and post it in the Facebook group so we can see your method, like how you do it. Yeah, I think that's Okay, good. all right. I'll line up all my horses' butts, and I'll I'll do each horse. Just okay. go down yeah. the row. Yeah. That'd be really helpful, yeah. actually. Okay, yeah, I'll do it. Do my, my, my pre-ride uh, hind stretches. Yeah. Right. I'm not going to do my stretches because those are... Oh boy, I was just thinking about that the other day. I need a need a diet. My horses are coming out of their COVID bods, and my COVID bod is not going anywhere. Girl, I'm there with you. That's we'll get to more of that, in Rose and Thorn. <laughs> <laughs> so shout out to everybody who's donated to us on Patreon. We really appreciate everybody who contributes, even if it's just once or every month. Um, you guys really help us to continue this show. And if you want to help us, you can go to Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Heels Down. All right, guys. So this week we are reviewing a very important type of product that we all need (laughs) when we're riding and not riding. And it also has been a very contested hot discussion on the podcast over the years (laughs) is um, we're reviewing underwear. And you might have seen my booty adorning these underwear on our Instagram already. Uh, But Ellie got to try the Equipanty just recently. And so, Ellie, I want to know more about what you thought about it and tell me, you know, how you rode in it. What did you think? Um, I actually just rode in my pair again over the weekend at a dressage show in 90 degree, you know, heat and humidity, and they were a lifesaver. So I'm curious what you think. Okay, well, we'll start with heat because it was hot here. I mean, hot for us, right? So it was like 68, 70. Um, (laughs) And I, yeah, well, you know, hot for us. And, uh, for me, like I sweat a lot. So I was worried about getting, you know, the swamp butt situation. And I'll tell you what, I rode three horses in it, jeans, riding pants, and I did not have any. So that was exciting. But in terms of like the overall feel and stuff, when I first put them on, I was like, these are really comfortable. Like I want to sleep in these kind of thing. Like I felt like they have a little bit of, for me, I got a little bit of a muffin top. So I liked kind of the, how high they came up. Like I didn't feel like they were going to fall down. Right. Um, That was huge for me because I like, I like my britches and I like my undies to be high waisted. Um, (laughs) I'm with you. I I want, I want, I want the support. (laughs) And for me, like when I started actually riding in them, there was a moment where I first posted where I was like, am I wearing underwear? And then like, I think I probably went down the long side and I got used to it and it was really comfortable. Um, like I didn't even notice at all that I was wearing underwear. Like it felt super comfortable and I never had to worry about any wedgies, which as someone who does not wear, um, butt floss, uh, when they ride, um, (laughs) that is, that is a problem, right? If you really have to use your butt when you're, you know, asking a horse to canter off or, you know, add to the, to the jump. 
um, there are some times where I get a little bit of a wedge. Um, so I was happy that I didn't have that, especially with my Western horses. Um, and that's kind of what I really wanted to talk about is a lot of the times with the Western horses, especially I'll get like chafing, like, and I have to use that monkey butt powder. Have you guys ever heard of that? Yes. Yeah. And I, okay. I have chafing problems too, especially on like a long, hot horse show day, you know? Right. So that like for my Western horses, it was huge because I was like, I don't feel like I'm chafing. And, um, so I, I really liked him a lot. And I do have to admit that I did take, it was hot, right. You know, for us. So I did take off off my pants after uh, I was at a um, boarding barn where I teach in my car. Like I didn't take my pants off at the boarding facility in front of my clients. That would have been weird. Um, but I took my pants off in my car and I did go grocery shopping in a long shirt and the underwear. (laughs) <laughs> like the I'm bike shorts sure I... yeah. yeah yeah hopefully the bike yeah. shorts not her like you know floss thong no <laughs> no <laughs> no i've yep. worked so out I did... too. like i've used them like yeah i'm like just this is fancy for yoga yeah yeah so other than my hairy legs people didn't look at me uh any differently for wearing uh equity panties to the grocery store there you go well hey so this is a, a little bit of a different product review for us because we actually have the owner and the founder of Equipanty on the show with us. So, hi, Jessica. Hi. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me on. And I'm listening to all of this and I'm just loving all of it. Oh, my goodness. So, some of you may recognize uh, Jessica's voice. She was uh, participated in our most recent trunk show. Um, but like we said, Jessica Andrews is the founder of Equipanty. And so since you have been um, so delightful, we're, we, I loved having meeting you on the Trunk Show. We thought we would talk to you a little bit more about your background in the company and how you got started. So Jessica, why don't you just start out by telling us how you came up with the idea for an equestrian designed underwear and what so, made you want to start your own company? Yes. So basically, my background in riding, I from I probably first got on a horse when I was like six or seven, and it's always obviously been my obsession. Um, but I never really finessed my riding. I I grew up on the in, in the English countryside trails, galloping through the woods and jumping anything I can jump. And um, but when I came to America. I got back into riding. I took a little bit of a break and I got back into riding and I really decided that I actually I actually bought a young horse. So I decided that I really needed to finesse my riding and I decided to go in the dressage um, direction. And um, I started to ride all these big German warm bloods and this instructor was teaching me all these movements and I was getting rashes and I was getting cuts and it was so uncomfortable, but I really wanted to continue with the lessons. And I mean, I would literally come home with cuts sometimes in places and I'm like, oh my gosh, there has to be an easier answer. Um, And I honestly tried so many different types of underwear and I still got that rash. And then I started talking to all my girlfriends at the barn and saying like is this an issue for you as well and they were like oh yeah equine bum acne yeah it's totally a thing and I'm like oh my gosh how have we put up with this for so long you know 
So I, at that point, I decided, well, maybe it's time for me to explore kind of creating something myself. And I've always wanted to create a product, um, but I didn't really know what it was. And I actually, when I was living in Los Angeles, running my own on location hair and makeup business, um, we did all the red carpet events. And when the pandemic hit, obviously they went down to zero. And for me not to literally lose my mind, I had to focus on something. So I decided to create this panty and it's been, riding was my outdoor activity and I was lucky that I had my horse in a pasture at the time so I could go and ride and test out the underwear. So I was literally fit model, the tester, everything. And um, it's been really awesome to launch it to the equestrian community because if you look at the reviews on my website, everybody just is really loves them. I haven't really had any negative feedback yet, which is great. But yeah, that's that's how it kind of came about. That's pretty incredible. So what is next for this business? Like, do you have further stuff that you're going to go down the line or is it just the underwear? I'm super curious. Absolutely. I would love to make a bra actually. And I would like to make, yeah, um, I would like to kind of have a bit of a matching set going on maybe too. Um, and maybe having some different lengths too, because, for me, I, I mean, I love I love dressage and, and also, I you know, I jump too sometimes. But for me, the length was really important for dressage. Um, but some people have said, you know, maybe we want them just a little bit shorter. So maybe some more different lengths in there too. And I'm also at this point deciding on colors for fall. So they'll be coming through in a couple of months. So, Jessica, you mentioned this on the trunk show, and I thought it would be fun to talk about here, um, that you live on a a horse or pony breeding farm, right? I mean, that sounds amazing. Can you tell us more about it? (laughs) Well, I don't actually live there. So I actually live on a farm currently where my horse is, and she's out with a donkey. Um, But I work part-time at a Welsh um, cob breeder. So I just help. Yeah. So I help with their babies, which it's so funny that I actually moved from LA in midst of the um, pandemic and all of that too. So I came to a small town in Colorado and I'm now, I found a Welsh cob breeder and they have the most stunning cobs I have seen. I mean, I obviously am from England and they are very, very fancy. (laughs) And sweet and kind. And yeah, it's, I love working with baby horses. It's one of my joys in life. So to find that and then work there part time, yeah, I hit the jackpot. <laughs> That's awesome. So are you riding right now? Is that where your mare is? Um, yes. So I ride my mare. She unfortunately does not enjoy dressage as, as much as I do. <laughs> so <laughs> she loves to jump and gallop and she's really. She's a really hot red mare and she's so much fun. But yeah, dressage is just not for her. So I'm looking to buy another horse that I can do that with. And so I can just jump with her. But yes, I, I ride her and I jump her and I um, trail ride too. That's awesome. Oh, awesome. That's probably awesome in Colorado. 
Yeah, it's gorgeous. And we just plowed the field, so I'm just galloping everywhere, which I love. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Well, Jessica, thank you so much for joining us. But before we let you go, can you tell us yeah. where uh, our listeners can find Equipanty and if they want to get more information? Definitely. That would be great. So um, you can find me on Instagram, Equipanty, or you can um, find me on my website, which is www.equipanty.com. So it's E-Q-U-E-S-P-A-N-T-E.com. All right, guys, I'm really excited to introduce our next guest. Sarah Ladley is the owner and creative director of Hunt Club. Uh, One of my favorite equestrian boutiques, actually. I am a a fan of many derby belts. Uh, But Sarah, if you you have not been to Hunt Club's website, um, it's a boutique lifestyle brand taking on the mission of combining traditional hunt seat equestrian style with technical fabrics and modern designs. And actually, Sarah was the recipient of the 2016 Heels Down U25 Equestrian Creativity Award in the Entrepreneurship category. And we're really thrilled to have her come back. And she's actually going to be a judge for us this year for the 2021 Spark Awards. So hi, Sarah. How are you? Thanks for joining us. Hi, I'm doing so well. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. So to start out, I figured I was hoping you could just tell us more about how you came up with the idea on how to start Hunk Club. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Weirdly, I started the business out of my dorm room back in 2014. It was the spring of my senior year, and I was sort of frustrated at the time with the riding clothes that were available for teens and young adults. Uh, Back then, there really wasn't one brand that offered clever, casual tees designed just for equestrians. At the time, you either sort of got really dressed up to ride in your polo shirt or your button down, or you wore t-shirts made by non-horsey companies for non-horsey people. And I felt like that was a niche that I personally thought needed filled. Um, And that's originally why I started the brand, uh, was to create just some cute and casual t-shirts that people could wear while schooling at home. Um, But obviously now it's evolved into so much more than that. Uh, We have a whole line of show shirts for competing in, button downs for clinics or for dressing up a little bit if you're having a lesson, belts, socks, hats. We kind of do a little bit of everything now, which is really, really cool for me just to look back and this is a little bit of a reflection moment, but look back and see what the goal was when I started. And then um, just to take in where we are now with everything we offer, it's, it's kind of cool. So it's definitely been a journey, but a fun one. That's awesome. So question, do you, are you still riding? Do you have horses? Yes, I am still riding. Um, So right now I'm super grateful to have the opportunity to ride one of my trainers, homebreds. Um, She's, the sweetest little gray mare. Uh, I started working with her when she came to the farm as a just broke four-year-old in 2019. And this summer, we're actually just starting to dip our toes in the three-foot adult amateur hunter ring. So I've had the opportunity to work with her pretty much since she came to the farm from the breeder. And um, she's just the smartest, most talented little lady. And I feel super lucky to have the ride on her. Um, 
So yeah, and also just super grateful to be in the saddle as always. Um, anytime that you can get a little bit of barn time, especially in the last year, <laughs> it's uh, it's always a treat. Yeah, speaking about barn time, how do you manage it all? How do you manage riding and running a business? The nice thing, um, one of the perks for working for yourself, there's obviously a lot of uncertainties and a lot of stresses that go along with it, but definitely one of the perks is uh, having a very flexible schedule. Uh, So most days I'm actually able to take a little bit of a longer, air quotes, lunch and get out to the farm for a little barn time. I'm also able to compete still, which is wonderful now that you can bring your Wi-Fi puck or, you know, make a hotspot with your phone. I find that I can work from horse shows and keep everything going, even when I'm away from the office and away from home. So it's not something that really would have been possible maybe even 10 years ago, but where we are with technology now, I'm able to not only keep things flexible on the daily, but also um, keep riding and showing even while managing the business from afar. So I feel super lucky from that standpoint. So what advice do you have for somebody that's just wanting to start their own business? They have a great idea that's brewing in the back of their heads. Like they're all scared to take the first step. What advice do you have for them? I totally get that there is that fear of, oh my gosh, this is a big adventure. What if people aren't going to be receptive to what I want to build or what I want to make or what I want to design? And it's hard to tell people not to be afraid of that because it is a little scary, but anything that is worth doing is always a little bit scary at the beginning. And there's never been a better time to put your designs or product out there with Instagram being as big as it is. And I know TikTok's a thing. I don't personally TikTok, but I know that's uh, also out there as a place where kids and young adults are discovering new brands and new companies. Um, People are sort of voraciously consuming new, whether it's apparel, tack, equipment, people are always looking for what's new and what's cool. And so if you're entering that marketplace and you want to put something new out there, there will be people that want what you're making. And it's easier than it ever has been before for them to find you. So if you're a little bit nervous that, oh, like, I've got this great idea, but I just don't know if people are going to be receptive, if they're going to want to buy what I want to make, I can't say that I can guarantee they will, but you could certainly find your people and your audience right now. So yeah, it's hard to tell people not to be afraid, but I think now is the best time to explore that. And if you are afraid, that means it's probably something worth doing. So yeah, I think go for it. Go for it. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. that's great. So Sarah, okay, you started your business in 2014. And then just two years later, you won an award from Heels Down (laughs) as part of the U25 Awards. Uh, Can you tell us more about how that impacted you or maybe your business at the time? Oh, that was such an incredible honor. Um, I had been running the business for just a couple of years, as you said. And even then, I was already daydreaming about leaving my corporate day job to run Hunt Club full time. That was sort of the pipeline, you know, like pipe dream of what I like really hoped I would be doing five or six years down the road. And I think winning the 
U25 award, it felt like a huge vote of confidence from people that didn't know me. You know, there were tons of people upvoting Hunt Club that they didn't know me personally. You know, I had a lot of support from my local community here in Pittsburgh, PA, which I was so grateful for. But to have that feeling that people all over the U.S., all over Canada, you know, that they also thought my idea was a good idea. And not only that, that it was worth winning an award. That was just an incredible feeling. And I'm absolutely sure that that helped me build up the confidence to take the plunge, leave my corporate job and dive into running the business full-time, which I ended up doing in the spring of 2018. So I think it was just an incredible boost of confidence in myself and what I was doing and my mission in the company to know that people out there, you know, thought I was deserving of winning this award. It was just an incredible feeling. So I think back very fondly on that moment when I found out that that Hunt Club had won. That was uh, that was like up there. That was a pin it on the fridge. I actually think I did print that out and pin it on my fridge. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's awesome. so cute. Yeah. <laughs> well, and now you're a judge for the Heels Down Spark Awards. What are you most excited you know, to see from this year's entries. Ah, I'm, I'm so excited to see what equestrian entrepreneurs have brought to the table this year. As I was saying, this is like the moment for small businesses on Instagram, on TikTok, on Twitter, on Facebook. I get so excited whenever I find a new little niche brand that is making its way. Um, the equestrian fashion and apparel industry has changed so much from when I first entered it in 2014. Young entrepreneurs and new businesses are carving out spaces that people hadn't really imagined before. You know, when I started Hunt Club, it was all very traditional apparel and I brought something new and casual to the game. And now you can find so many different takes on that. People are introducing athleisure into the riding world. People are introducing all kinds of really innovative technical designs and modern fabrics. And that really excites me. So I'm really hoping to see some innovative designs from people, um, some original concepts, and just great takes on what equestrian fashion, apparel, technology can be. So I'm excited to see what, you know, these entrepreneurs are working on because I think now is sort of the moment for new stuff. And I'm really excited to see what people are, are bringing to the table. All right. Well, Sarah, before we let you go, tell us where uh, our listeners can, um, can shop hot club. And uh, if you guys seriously don't own a derby belt, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> so, <laughs> Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, so you can shop Hunt Club anytime at uh, www.shophuntclub.com. We can also be found in almost 30 tax shops across the United States. We have a really nifty little retailer map on our homepage. So I'm personally the type of person that loves to try things on, especially when I'm trying out a new brand. So uh, definitely pop over to the website. Um, you can take a look and see if a tax shop near you stocks Hunt Club. If you already know you love our tees or belts or whatever it is, definitely 
head on over to the website, see what's new. We've always got some new things. Check out some of our retailers. If you want to follow what's going on with Hunt Club for like the most up-to-date, up-to-the-minute uh, releases and contests, that kind of stuff, uh, you can always follow us at, you know, little at symbol, shop underscore Hunt Club on all your favorite social media networks, although not TikTok. I haven't quite gotten to that one yet. So, um, but yeah, there are lots of ways to keep up with what's new. Um, but I'm so tickled that you guys asked me to be on today. So thank you so much for the opportunity to talk about entrepreneurship, apparel, and uh, just equestrian things in general. All right. So I feel like we just heard from um, two super inspiring entrepreneurs, which they're amazing. I just don't know how they get it all done. And in you guys, just Ellie, you're so busy too. Like it's just some days, some weeks, some months just feel like, like you just can't get to it all. Right. And I don't even have a kid. I don't, you know, I, <laughs> I don't own a farm like you guys do. So I wanted to ask you both, how do you, how do you balance all the things and, and where do you cut yourself some slack? Cause I feel like you got it at some point. Right. So how about you, Jess? Cause not only did you guys just move, you have a whole farm, you have clients, you have two babies, you ride yourself, you guys are on the road so often traveling. Like, how do you make sure you're still keeping track of the goals you have in, in your life or your writing career on top of all of your commitments? I mean, I think you have to give yourself leeway in everything, like not mm-hmm. just your goals and everything else. Like, I think there's one thing about like dream big and like always, um, I know it sounds stupid, but like a vision board and stuff like that. Like, I think those are so important to like, keep you kind of like sight. And I'm a very like paper person, like Doug's all about virtual everything. So like I go to the grocery store with the old school list guys, like I literally write out everything and Doug's like, why can't you just text it in your phone? And like, look, I'm like, I don't like my phone that much. Like I don't want <laughs> to do reminders in my phone. I have an old school planner and just staying organized in that sense, I think does help so that when, you know, when I'm really on top of it, which is not right now, I'm going to be honest, I have like a day planner. So like I do my to like to do list, I do like what I have to do that day. And so it just kind of keeps it and it's easier for me to bill that way as well. Like do billing and everything else. Cause I do all of our books. And so I think, you know, you give yourself some leeways and if, And I talked about it, you know, not long ago with somebody, I was like, right now, eventing, I love eventing. Like I want to get back eventing, but right now it's just not possible. So instead of like being super upset with it, it's like, look, I'm still riding and I'm still showing and it's fun. But if I don't make it to the ring that day, because my kid's screaming at me or God knows what, like, it's not a big deal. I don't have to be eliminated like an eventing. Right. Like, if I don't make it at eight o'clock, I'm just like, either can you hold the class for 10 minutes? I'll probably be there in 10 minutes, but I just can't be there at eight o'clock exactly on the dot. So for me, it's about the flexibility and finding that and show jumping. I mean, I do love the hunters and the jumpers. So it's been kind of like a breath of fresh air in that sense of I can still do all of it and not feel like if I'm late, I'm, you know, I just spent all this money on the weekend and I can't even make it to dressage on time. Yeah. So I think, you know, even if you're not a mom or anything else, you have to give yourself some slack. I mean, life is crazy. So you can't kind of laugh about it and I say that and like, I'm probably not going to laugh about it tomorrow if I do something, but trying to make it like light and fun 
really does help. And just trying to be as organized as possible helps me. That makes sense. But what about you, Ellie? You own your own farm, right? Which is great to some degree because you have your horses in your backyard. But do you do you still struggle to feel motivated? And, and I know we've talked about chronic illness in the past, and I know that's got to get in the way sometimes of your riding goals or even just being able to ride some days, right? So how do you how do you manage all that? Yeah, I mean, I think I think uh, Jess made a good point that you kind of have to just accept the things uh, that you are and are not going to be able to do in an allotted period of time. You know, like some days I will go and I I always start by grooming the horses that I intend to ride. Right. So sometimes I groom three, sometimes I groom one. But and then sometimes they only get groomed because by the time I've removed all the filth um, from them, (laughs) I don't have time. I'm like, I have to go work so I can afford to groom you again tomorrow. (laughs) So I think, you know, that kind of thing. And I mean, especially with, you know, doing the whole thing as a two man operation, you know, like Matt works a full-time job as an accountant and, you know, we're getting ready for hay season now again. Um, so it's like, okay, we have to find, you know, I'm like, I have to ride really early in the morning. So that way I can be free all afternoon, you know, to do hay and kind of plan my days like that. And I, I tell my clients too, I'm just like, expect me to always be 10 minutes late because, I'll probably will be because the thing is time really slips away, you know, and I think that's true for all horse people, not just people who, um, you know, have to go mend a fence before they can get on or, you know, have to go find a shoe before they can get on, you know, or have to drag the arena. That's awful. I, that's the one thing I miss about a boarding facility is not having to drag the arena. Um, <laughs> just It takes so long to do a good job. But uh, so, I mean, yeah, you just kind of have to accept the things that you can and can't do. Like today, I went out with the intention of I got my my Pessoa system out and I said, all right, we're going to work on toning our booties today. And instead, I was like, I really should set up my horsefly trap because the bugs are starting to get bad. So that's what I did instead. So I like the grooming all that you're going to intend to do. I like that idea. Yeah. Yeah, because it still gives you less of a crappy person. I'm like, okay, at least you got brushed. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You set a manageable goal for yourself, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, sometimes that's all you can do, right? You know, exactly. And for me, it's it's made a huge difference, unfortunately, with, you know, the goals I have for myself. And I mean, this is it's tough for me right now because my sister just turned 21 and she and her horse are doing and being very successful at the meter tens. And, um, you know, she's doing what I always wanted to do as a kid. Right. So it's tough to kind of watch her. I'm like vicariously living through her and also like being jealous of her at the same time. Cause she's going and doing, you know, the meter tens on the Grand Prix hunt field at old Salem. And I'm like, uh, I, I trotted without stirrups today and I'm exhausted, <laughs> you know, like, so <laughs> Because I can't, you know, it's like impossible to to stay fit in the saddle, you know, if you're also trying to do a million other things at the same time, just to make sure that your horses can get spring vaccines and, um, you know, and the stalls are cleaned and all the while, you know, trying to work a full time job. So it's, 
you know, it's, it's kind of put a damper on my, my show career, but, um, you know, I'm happy. I'm like, you know what, I'm going to go out and I'm going to do the point eights this year at Saratoga in August. So that's my goal. <laughs> I'm like, cause I know my horse can do that without me. So I'm just going to sit there, you know, hold on and, uh, wear, wear a nice big control top to hide, uh, my COVID bond. So, <laughs> Hey, you're still getting out there and you have a goal, exactly. you know, you have something to ride for now, you know? Yeah, exactly. So I mentioned my, my horse fly trap, um, but guys, I don't know about you, but the bugs are, are here to stay. So I personally feed um, Smart Bug Off. It's a feed-through supplement that helps with the flies biting them, but also helps with manure management. Since I, I spread my manure, it helps so that the flies cannot lay eggs in their poop. Um, so definitely check out Smart Pack has so many options, fly sprays, fly sheets, everything you could possibly imagine uh, to keep your horses protected from the predators of the season. So check out everything on Smart Pack. That's smartpackequine.com. So guys, I, I kind of led into my rose and Justine knows about this because I told her about it, but I had my first horseback riding lesson, English, like jumping lesson in three years, which was way too long. Um, I was so excited to see your video. You look so good. <laughs> Do you guys want to know something really embarrassing? So this lady that I that I rode with, uh, she's a large R judge. She actually she judged me when I was in college, and like I was hot in college, so like I rode better. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I was also like her ringmaster when she came and judged at our shows. So we have you know like a good relationship. But I. Uh, I, we, do, we were doing this gymnastic and it wasn't very complex, but literally, you know, she's like, oh, yeah, if he lands on the correctly, just keep going and do the diagonal. And she's like, or you can just do a simple change because my arena is not really big and um, I don't like to drill him on his changes. So I literally landed on the right lead, still trotted as if to do a simple change. And I'm like, oh, my God, did I just do that? And I just kind of looked at her and I'm like pretend you didn't see that i was like Aww. oh my god it's, it's been a long time but it was good and she she gave me some exercises and some homework to do um because i think you know we don't realize how many bad habits we get when we ride alone or how to fix them like i'm like oh, i know my hands are in my crotch but i don't really care to fix it <laughs> you know and no one's there to yell at me not to so that was my that's my rose i'm really excited about that and i like you said, I have my goal of going to Saratoga in August, so I'm I'm starting to get ready for that. Um, so that is my my rose definitely for this week. When is uh, the show? Um, so it's like the end of August is the week that my sister's going. So it's like I'm gonna meet her there. So that's my that's my end goal. It's just, I think, I can't remember what week it is. I don't pay attention. My mom texted me the dates like six times and I'm like, you're going to have to text me the day before. So I remember to put like a horse on the trailer and kind of <laughs> go up. <laughs> but, um, so that's, that's, I'm excited. Um, you should be we'll that's super exciting. We'll see But hopefully I don't fall off and make a fool of myself, but yeah, Berkeley was awesome. Awesome. So but my my thorn is that I am having a hard time getting rid of my COVID bod. I know I've talked about it like all podcasts because it's driving me crazy. But I even 
succumbed to the whole like get quick fast you know spend you know 150 bucks on this diet plan for a month it didn't work at all it didn't Uh, work at all no like if anything it made me constipated i was so angry like i just spent 160 (laughs) dollars on this it was it was i can't remember the name of it 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 a meal plan meal plan or like what was it no it was like so it was it was three things so you you start with this like activate stuff which is like this powder you're supposed to mix with water which okay. literally tastes like algae it's like it was weird just and it's put it in like, your just put it in your green sludge drink yeah it's supposed to be like a toxin like you know detox kind of thing you need oh, that for okay. three days and then there's like and this can you eat with that yeah yeah, okay. yeah, no, no, you're not supposed to change anything other than like not eat like bread or fried foods. And I'm like, that's my entire diet. So that was an adjustment. So I basically ate a lot of like wheat and um, like, you know, wheat breads and uh, meat, but it didn't really. I don't have like you tried, Have you tried Dave's bread? No, I should oh. though. Oh my gosh. So it's lower calories and everything because I hear you. Cause I'm going to go into my rose and thorn too, because I'm not going to use this as my rose, but I finally got my Peloton back from Aiken. I drove down to Aiken last week to get my Peloton and a bunch of other stuff we left. But my thorn is that, yes, I'm with Ellie and still haven't lost the weight. And so I went to pick up my Peloton and I've only ridden it once since it's been back here, which is, I know, like we talked about, give yourself some slack and all this, but it's just frustrating. So I'm trying to get back in on it and trying. No, that's a lie. I've ridden it twice, but still I need to be, (laughs) it's been a week. Like I should be on it like five to six times a week. Like when I was in the groove, I was riding it five to six days a week and I loved it and I was obsessed with it. So the Dave's bread, though, is a way you can eat, and it's lower calories, and they're thin slices, and they taste really good. Like, my kids are obsessed with it. Ooh, interesting. So, it's the uh, we like the green one. The yellow one's not bad either, like the outside, but it's called Dave's Killer Bread, and it's so good. So, you guys should check okay. that out. That's like yeah. an alternative to, like, I'm bread. Into it. Yeah, so it's good. So, that's my thorn, is that I need to get better, but... My rose is, the reason I didn't ride my Peloton was today is because I went into downtown Raleigh to my old hair salon and did like a spa day. Oh, good for you. Yeah. So totally worth it. So instead of my Peloton, I met a really good friend in, um, at our French restaurant and had lattes and croque monsieurs none of which is on a diet but instead did that had fun did a little shopping and then got my hair done that was long overdue oh so yeah so my rose is that yes i probably should have worked out today instead i did the opposite and did a spa shopping day good for you though you gotta treat yourself sometimes yeah i needed to like it was it was so great so like doug took care of the kids with lauren and it was it was fun so that was perfect nice what about you just what about you oh okay i've got i've got two thorns (laughs) in a rose but we'll start with the thorns so um the first one is like you ellie I see myself in pictures and go, all right, it's time to get this COVID body under control. And um, so I started running every day. 
which I like I do it in spurts. Like I used to be really good about like, you know, having a sort of schedule and I used to run all the time and the older I get, the worse it is and I hate it. So I'm just in that like early weeks of trying to run and wanting to just melt into the ground because uh, it's awful. I hate running. It's the worst thing ever. Um, yeah. I'm it's just terrible. Do it unless something is chasing you. It's just terrible. It's the only time you run yeah. is with adrenaline because you're going to die. That's my husband true. got into running recently, like in the last couple months. And he's just like a natural athlete type person who like, he's a person who gets up before the sun to go to the gym and that like, he's excited to do that. He's like one of those sicko Ugh. people. Yeah, so he's like you know he's very encouraging like you should run it's great blah 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 and, but he never he was never like a cardio person and now he runs and stuff and i he's just natural. look at him and I'm, he's natural and he's like oh got it and i'm just like god gross um so anyway so i'm trying to run that's my thorn um my other thorn is that one my horse is finally sound that's not a thorn but God, like two months off. It's like amazing the amount of fitness they lose. Like Mm -hmm. it feels like I'm starting all over. And so I've been doing a ton of like conditioning rides and we're taking it slow, obviously. And he, we went to a dressage show, which is part of my rose, like our first real outing. And he did great. Even though I would say he's at like 65% of his fitness level, you know, previous to his injury. Well, I was riding today and um we're getting kind of get trying to get like that's the other thing is i do too many different things so like when i ride him for dressage it's a little bit easier right now because he he needs me to help hold him up right you know so he he is happy to be in a dressage frame and so today i was trying to hack him out a little bit more huntery because we're going to a hunter show in a couple weeks and so i ask him to pick up a canner and kind of give him the reins to lope along and we get like 10 strides out and he trips and he falls completely on the ground. Like just totally <laughs> fell on his face. I was like I'm ejected. <laughs> he just fell on his face. Oh no. Is this on video? Please tell me this. No, it's not. But um, a friend of mine was riding like with us out in the field and she was like horrified, you know. And, you know, it was scary in the moment. But then I'm just looking at him laying in the sand and I was like, you you just, he's just a big fat guy, you know, I'm like, God damn it. So, um, so he's fine. He got up. Well, I, I told the barn owner, like, keep an eye on him in case he's stiff or something swells. But like, that's, you know, now I'm going to be afraid to jump him, you know, if he can't even like pick up a yeah, can't, falling. can't pick up his own legs. I know the fair is coming out this week. So, you know, there's some things that maybe will help him out, but like, man, yeah. Uh, he just fell right on his face. <laughs> he had no so self-preservation. Cool, I feel like I should apologize for laughing, but I was no. like, yeah, I'm sure he's fine or she wouldn't be sharing it right now. No, he's totally fine. And I was just, I'm a laugh. I just sort of like, you know, rolled over and I was like, what the heck was this? But like, yeah, right? he just literally was so on the forehand that when he tripped, he could not correct himself and just went, we're going down, man. <laughs> down for the count. And we went down. Then he just like, he laid there, slowly got up, gave himself a good shake and just stood there like, all right, like I'm no- good. Nothing affected him. Yep. Yeah. It was, uh, it was an ordeal. But now I'm like, so then I made him, I put a grid together because then I got back on and was like, all right, like this is ridiculous. On, 
and put something together small, low, but like to make him sit on his butt and get off his forehand, you know, but I just, it was a good reminder that we're only four weeks back under saddle and, um, and fitness is a big deal. It's just, it's amazing. It's just amazing how, you know, he's still his normal self and rises to the occasion when I really ask him, but he, he needs the fitness. He needs the conditioning. It's just, it's crazy. So that's where I'm at. But so I have sort of a goal like you, Ellie, this is a long winded, you know, tale to get to my rose is that um, I think I'm going to go to WEC this summer at the end of July. Good. Yeah, yeah. I signed up for NSBA. So I've already got money in it. And, you know, showing in the indoors and the air conditioning is a game changer for us in Florida where we could show in the summer, you know, so but he's got to be fit enough to go and and like do it for real by then. But I feel like, you know, I got two and a half months he should be fine right yeah absolutely you've got you've got time okay it's like you're gonna do a lot of lunch circles michael <laughs> get that booty back in shape right yeah i guess there are not a lot of hills in uh in florida not a ton nope not a ton <laughs> so. oh man lots of raised trot poles that's what yeah. Berkeley's doing he hates me he's like this is the worst <laughs> and i'm he, like Mike this sucks more too. for me and it's too funny that you say that because I was trotting him through that today. And I'm like, man, I, he feels like he could fall right in the middle of these. <laughs> and then, like 20 minutes later, he falls on his face. You know, I'm like, great. Oh, my God. I'm going to post a video of Berkeley going through the grid the first time. And it's like maybe a foot. I'll post it to the group. And he literally just trotted over the entire thing. He said no. Like, yep. This Not is where we're it. at. I was like, and I just sat there. I was like. I'm just going to let this happen. I'm this like, I'm winded. Going well. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. So we got a mailbag and Ellie, you are the perfect person to answer this. So right, Joey wrote to us on Facebook and they are a jumper at a Western barn. So uh, Joey lives in a rural part of Wisconsin uh, where the only barns in the area are either saddle seat or Western pleasure. But Joey is a hunter jumper rider and the nearest hunter jumper farm is about an hour away. They struggle with dealing with all the Western riders, um, you know, taking their jumps down, you know, the usual stuff. They set up a trail course. It's a struggle. So Joey wants to know, is it worth taking their horse an hour and a half away just to be with other jumpers? Or do you have any advice for coexisting with Western riders at a Western barn? So my advice would be to see this as a positive, because I think one thing that I didn't realize until I became a, a um, crossover rider is how much hunter jumpers can learn from the Western discipline. And it's not just the riding, but just in general, like how many you know, and I'm sure Jess can attest to this, how many, you know, warm bloods would you take and they would see elements of a trail course, like a bridge and be like, I mean, not the eventers, of course. Right. But, you know, like a dressage, they'd be like, what the heck is that? Mm-hmm. You know, and they would freak out. I mean, you, you, there's a lot of desensitizing that you can take advantage of in that kind of situation. And I was just talking about this with one of my clients who wants to do some trail stuff. She bought a bridge and she's at, a hunter jumper barn. So kind of the opposite of uh, uh, Joey's situation. And what they came up with, with the owners was to make the, the bridge, since it's about a foot and a half, two feet spread, 
is that they're making it, you know, kind of like a fill for a jump. So that way when um, the, uh, cause it's heavy to move obviously, cause it's a bridge, you know, that way when they want to use it for a trail, he, she just has to move the standards from the side and it can work both ways um, out in their hunt course for both the jumper riders and the hunter riders. So maybe just have like a conversation about, you know, how you guys can set things up together um, that would work both ways. You know, I know it's, it's weird to be in a different, especially with, you know, how far apart Western pleasure is um, from hunter jumper, you know, it's, it's a learning curve for sure. And I'm still learning, you know, but I think that, you know, you just got to take advantage of the situations where your horse is going to be benefiting differently than if it were at a hunter jumper barn and no one wants to drive an hour and a half to go no. ride. By the time you get there, you're like, I don't want to ride. <laughs> like, yeah. What I think of is sometimes like. Sometimes I think the walk to my house is too long. I like in imagine. case of an emergency, <laughs> if you had to get there, that would be excruciating, you know? Right. Ugh. Yeah. Well, good advice, Ellie. Hopefully that helps. Yeah. Too. I mean, let us know what you come up with. And I can certainly give you some. uh some ideas on how to make trail obstacles into jumping obstacles and vice versa in a safe way. Cause I've uh, done that plenty. I mean, you know, they set up barrels, just turn the barrel on the side, you know, there's a lot of different things that you can do. And I think you've, you've got a good situation, you know, you just kind of have to learn to learn to work with each other. There you That's go. Great advice. So if you have a question for us and you want us to answer it on air, you can send us an email by going to hello at heelsdownmedia.com. Or you can post in our Facebook group, which is the Heels Down Happy Hour Podcast Lounge. If you want to hear more from us, you should subscribe to the Heels Down Spark. There's still time to enter the Spark Awards. Uh, that period closes for applications at the end of this month in May. And you could sign up for the Spark newsletter by going to bit.ly slash spark. By HD. We want to say thank you to all our partners this week, EcoGold, SmartPack, and Equipanti. All right, guys, that's a wrap. Cheers. 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 <laughs>